reward, perhaps. They want the end result. They want to reach the destination. Or they want to at least get home from the trip. They don't want to just stay on vacation forever. That Vacations are fun, trips are fun, but it's always nice to just come home, to come to our own house, be in our own bed. And it's this idea of destination, this idea of reaching the destination that I want us to talk about today. But before we get into that, let's go to God in prayer. God, we come before you now, and, and Father, we thank you for just this time that we can gather together. God, we thank you for just worship. We thank you for the songs that Austin has led this morning. We thank you for the prayer that Clyde has offered and, and the time in communion that Alec led us through. God, we thank you that we can come into your presence. God, we thank you that we are, we are in your presence right now, and we can... We can know you and that you know us. God, we are honored and humbled by the fact that you've allowed us to come into your presence. God, be with us this morning. God, open our ears and our hearts and our minds, Father, that your words might speak to us, that your words might, might give us a sense of comfort, but, Father, also that your words will challenge us, that we will grow closer to you and grow in our walk. In your son's name we pray, amen. And so our main text for today is actually going to be Psalm 84, which Alec read uh, at the start of, of his communion talk. And this, this is a psalm that speaks about being in God's presence, particularly God's temple in Jerusalem on the mountain. And so we're going to actually begin, though, in the middle of this psalm. We're not going to start at the beginning. We'll come back to that. But I want us to focus on verses 5 through 7 right here. It, said, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And I love this phrase in verse 5, where it says, Their hearts are set on pilgrimage. You know, they're, 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 they're coming from far off places. They're coming from far off distances. This isn't just like going to the next town over as they come to God's presence or as they come to God's temple. It's not just a, you know, hop, skip, and a jump over. They're having to travel long distances. And it's not just like, oh, let's just get in the airplane, let's get in the car. No, it's let's get on the donkey, or let's put my kids on the donkey, and I will walk this multi-day journey. And, and I'm going to make this trip because I've set my heart on pilgrimage. I've chosen to go to God's presence. And... and one other thing, I'm not just traveling with myself, and I'm not just traveling here with my family. I'm traveling in a very large group, an extended family, perhaps. I don't know if you've ever gone on a trip with your in-laws, perhaps, or your parents, 
as you're an adult, you go on a tri trip with your parents. You all know kind of what I'm talking about that, you know, you realize it's not quite the same traveling with your parents when you were a kid. You know, you kind of realize like, okay, I kind of have my own thoughts or expectations on how this trip is going to go. And your parents might still be like, oh no, this is how the trip is going to go. And you realize, okay, yeah, they're still the parents and I'm just going to do what they tell me to do. <laughs> but it's never easy. It's never easy traveling with a group. Traveling with people, traveling, going into God's presence is never easy. Going into God's presence as a community is not easy. Because eventually, when you are on the trip with other people, we don't, as humans, we typically, we get along sometimes, but there's times where we, someone rubs us the wrong way, we get angry, we get frustrated, we get annoyed with them. Things come up in our travel. Maybe someone's got to stop and go to the bathroom. You know, we've all been there on road trips where we're going and someone says, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, and maybe you throw them a bottle or something, but you very rarely do that. You stop. But we've all been on those trips with people. And that's what's happening here is these people, they're traveling together as a group, and it causes problems. It's tough traveling with people when you come into God's presence. But look at verse 5. It says, they have set their heart on pilgrimage. They say, I, I know, I know traveling with a bunch of people that, that my extended family, with my friends, my neighbors, I know traveling to this place is going to be difficult. I know that there's going to be chaos. I know things are going to come up. I know that there's going to be friction between people. But I'm going to still travel with these people to God's presence. I'm going to still travel with these people to be in God's presence. Because I want to be in God's presence, not just by myself, but I want to be in God's presence with these people. And so they're heading there. They've set their hearts on pilgrimage. And it says in verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca. We, we all know where that is, right? Don't you love those like verses in the Bible? You're like, you read that and you're like, really? Like you couldn't give me like a little like hint or whatever on what that is. And so th this is not me. This is, this is not my knowledge. I'm not this smart. But people much smarter than me, with many letters after their names, have said that Valley of Baca, Baca is weeping. This idea of, of weeping. And, and it's kind of even a play on words a little bit, that weeping, uh, that it's this, this dry, uh, arid desert almost type place. And, and weeping, and th there were these, these trees that typically grew in, in the desert. Kind of, you know, you might think of like a weeping willow, or, but like, you know, kind of this tree, it was called a weeping tree, so to speak. So it's this, this play on words, but also weeping, this idea of just pain, of trial, of difficulty, and this idea of, of desert, dry, arid, and so they pass through the valley 
of Baca, or the Valley of Weeping. And it says, even though they pass through, they, they make it a place of springs. They bring refreshment through this valley of weeping, this hard place, this hard trial that they are going through. And I love it because they, they obviously know that they've got to go through this valley. You know, they're, they're like us, that you make a plan. You know where you're headed. You know what town you're going to go. So you know, like, okay, I've got to go through this, but it's worth it because I'm going to be in God's presence. That I'm going to be in this valley of weeping, this hard place, this hard, difficult place. I know I have to go through it. And, I, and even worse, I have to go with people that I may not like at the moment or who might be annoying or frustrating me, but I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push through the valley of Baca so that I can be in God's presence because I have set my heart on pilgrimage. I have chosen this. I have made this decision that nothing is going to stop me because I'm going to choose to be in God's presence above anything else. It's that hope of a destination. It's having the confidence in that destination. We said earlier, you know, no one goes on a trip just to sit in a car for, you know, 14 hours and not make the destination. The destination makes the trip worth it. And so let's go back to verse 4, or sorry, verse 1 of chapter 84. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. There's a there's this strong desire to be in God's presence. There's this strong desire. It says, it says, how lovely is your dwelling place. My, my soul yearns for the courts of the Lord. For the Jews at the time, it's, it's this desire to be, to be in God's presence. Or for the Jews, it would have been to enter into God's temple. 1 Kings chapter 8 is, is Solomon's uh, dedication of the temple. And so before the temple, before Solomon built the temple, there was the tabernacle. That's where God's, God dwelled, where God's presence was. And it was a mobile, it was a tent, and it was meant to be carried, be moved around. I, when I taught youth group, I called it God's mobile home, so to speak. But David has this desire to build this permanent dwelling, and you've got the whole interaction where it's not going to be David, but Solomon that, that builds it. And so Solomon's built this temple, and they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant to the temple. And it's this grand scene of them bringing the temple, and it's this idea that God's going to dwell there. And so 1 Kings 8, verse 1, it says, Then King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families, to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. All the Israelites came together to King Solomon at the time of the festival in the month of Ethanim, the seventh month. And then verse 10, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. 
the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Yahweh, is now dwelling in this place. He's now dwelling in the temple among his people. His people can now come into God's presence. They come to this temple to worship God, and it's this grand place, and they want to be there. They want to be in God's presence. And so going back to Psalm 84, they have their hearts set on pilgrimage. They say, my, I desire, I long to be at your dwelling place. I have my heart set on pilgrimage. And so therefore, I then travel through the valley of Baca. Where these people are willing to take any road trip. They're willing to go anywhere so that they can be in God's presence. And they wish that they could dwell there forever. You know, we, we said vacations are great. We enjoy going on vacations. We go going on trips or going to places. We enjoy that time of rest. But like we said, there's always a point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to be home. Just I'm ready to be around my own people or be at my house, sleep in my own bed. But the psalmist, he, he doesn't say that. You know, you, you don't quite get that, that sense. that they, they would rather stay at the temple. The temple is where they feel like they belong. The temple is their home. And... Uh, Going back to Psalm 84, this idea of set their hearts on pilgrimage. They make a choice. They make a choice. They know, they know it's going to be difficult. They know things are going to come up. They know they're going to have to go through the valley of Baca. But they make a choice. They make a decision for themselves to move towards God. And, and we, we too, we make a decision for pilgrimage. We, we make a decision to head towards God's temple and be in his presence. It, it's, it's our decision. It's my decision. Our, our, our church, people, the elders, anyone, they can encourage us and motivate us, but we have to make the decision. You know, we, we, don't, we don't wait for, for the church or elders or, or other people to bring us into God's presence. You know, I, I, I could pick you up and, and carry you to the temple, but, but is it the same? If I, if I carry you through the valley of Baca, do you really feel God's presence? But if you pursue God on your choice, if you make the choice for pilgrimage on your own, then you have to rely on God in the valley of Baca. And you can't rely on other people. Pilgrimage is about us, about you, and God. You know, I, I remember several years ago, when I, when I did youth ministry, uh, there, there, were, there was this family whose kids didn't really come to the Bible class, the teen class, they went to the adult class. And, you know, I'd asked them once, I said, I said, why are they not coming to our class? You know, just curious. And they said, well, they need solid food. And, <laughs> you know, James is talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit was working in me and gave me a big, you know, put his hand over my mouth. 
because I mean, I was like, well, I got a few words I'd like to share with your kids and you, but, um, but you know, I, I, was, I, I was talking to a friend about that and I, was, and I, I said, you know, what I wanted to say was, you know, it's, it's funny, the, the people I know who eat solid food can typically feed themselves. And, you know, it's this decision that I'm going to own my pilgrimage, my faith, myself. That I'm going to set my heart on pilgrimage. That's, that's what we're talking about today is this idea of making a decision to come into God's presence. That we make the decision ourselves. We don't wait for someone else to lead us to God's presence. The journey starts our own to make the decision. And so let's, let's talk about our own, our own journey, our own pilgrimage, our, our walk, our, our road trip into God's presence. We have to set our hearts on the idea of pilgrimage. We have to make the decision for ourselves. You know, we, we, we take Addie on trips with us. We don't really give her the option to stay at home by herself. Um, and so obviously there are times when people do kind of encourage us in our journey. But eventually there comes a moment where we have to decide for ourselves that I am going to take this pilgrimage. I'm going to make the decision myself that I'm going to come into God's presence. I'm going to grow and mature in my faith. I'm going to own it. I'm going to make the decision. You know, I, I look at all the things that I could pursue, all the things I could set my heart on, but I'm going to set my heart on pilgrimage. I'm going to set my heart on pursuing, on seeking, on coming into God's presence and having Him be the one and only priority. And, and, and when we talk about, about God's presence, when, when we look at, I think, Psalm 84... As, as 21st, 21st century Christians, we're not talking about coming to a church building. You know, I, I, I'm not knocking Sunday worship, and I'm certainly not advocating that this is unneeded, not at all. But if Sundays at 10 a.m. is the only time we think we can come into God's presence, or if Sundays at 10 a.m. is the only time we come into God's presence, then we've missed the mark. I mean, James right now, like we said, is doing a series on the Holy Spirit. Hello, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. The Holy Spirit is God. God's presence dwells inside of us. We have access to God's presence 24-7, 365. We can be in God's presence. We have the opportunity to always come into God's presence. But it's hard. It's still hard to make that journey into God's presence sometimes. And that's why I love that the psalmist includes the mention of the Valley of Baca. This valley of weeping. This place that is dry. This place of pain and hardship that seems to offer no relief. Because I, I think we've all 
found ourselves at moments in the Valley of Baca before. When we know we should be headed into God's presence, we know we should be headed that way, but it is hard. We can't find the energy to make the journey. It's going to be hard. I'm just not, I'm not in the right mindset. On a good day, it takes so much to get into God's presence. On a good day, it takes so much energy to get there, and I don't even have the energy for that today. We have no desire. I, I just can't even get to a place where I, where I want to go. It's not that I don't desire God. I do, but the pain and frustration is so strong right now, I just can't. Or we may even wonder at times if it's even worth it. Is it even going to change anything? And, and you know, it's going to the temple. They, they had to go through the Valley of Baca and they came to the temple. They came to God's presence. They were there. And then there were times they had to go back. And so I'm, 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 I've got my heart set on pilgrimage. I'm going to head into the destination. I'm going to be there. But there's going to be a time when I have to go back to the valley. Or I come and I'm here and it's great. But at 11, I walk out these doors and I feel like I'm just back again. I'm just back in the valley of Baca. We all have those valleys that we go through. And, and so if you find yourself in that moment, know this, you are not alone. In this room today, there, there are people who are also going through the valley. It may not be the same valley you are in. In fact, it probably is a different valley, but they can relate. They can relate. They know what it's like. They can, they can talk to you about it. And they can, you can feed off of them that they've set their hearts on pilgrimage. They've set their hearts and they say, okay, yeah, I know you're in that valley. I'm in this valley. But hey, let's keep going because we've got our hearts, we've got our eyes and our minds set on the destination. We know where we want to go. So let's go together. But also in this room, are people who have gone through that valley that you're in right now. And they're looking at you and they're saying, like, yes, I know that valley, I've been there, but I know the way to the destination. I know how to get out of that valley. I know where you're headed because I've been through there. I've reached the destination. Let me help you. Let me walk with you in that valley. And let's head to that destination together. Because remember, remember what we said at the beginning. Pilgrimage, heading to the destination, involves people. We go on pilgrimage. They went on this pilgrimage together. They recognize the importance of community, of people going through that trip with you. But it's not just the community in the valley that hears them. Let's finish the psalm. Psalm 84, verses 8 through 12. It says, Hear my prayer, 
Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day. I would much rather be here one day than a thousand, spend my whole life anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather be a servant. I would rather have the lowest position in the house of my God than dwell in the greatest, grandest, most awesomest tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold for those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. It's a call. The psalm ends with a call for God to hear their prayer. For God to look on the one that is anointed, the Lord, the King, and thus hear their prayer. The anointed one is the mediator. The one working between God and the psalmist. God, for us, our mediator, our anointed one, Christ. God looks upon Christ and he hears our prayer. Our cries that we have as we pass through the valley during our pilgrimage into God's presence do not go unnoticed. Elias read 1 Kings chapter 8 earlier. Listen to it again. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain him. How much less this temple I have built. Yet... Give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, Lord my God. Even though you are great, even though the heavens and the earth cannot contain you, even though this temple cannot contain you because you are so great, listen to my prayer. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open towards this temple night and day, this place of which you said, my name shall be there so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. And then Psalm 34. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. God hears our prayer. God hears their prayer on their way to the temple, on their way to God's presence. As they pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, God hears their prayer. As we pass through the valley of weeping, as we pass through our own valley of Baca, heading to God's presence, seeking, setting our hearts on pilgrimage, God hears our prayer. When we find ourselves in the valley of Baca or the valley of life, we continue to make that decision to come into God's presence 
because he hears our prayer. The journey into God's presence isn't always easy. There's moments when we don't want to make the journey, but we make the choice. And the wonderful thing is we don't have to travel far. We don't have to take a several days journey to a temple. We can enter into God's presence regularly. We just have to make the choice. Let's stand and sing as we enter into God's presence. <laughs>